Inspire. Before we get started, I just wanted to jump in and let you know that this episode has a PO app. A PO app is a free NFT. It's a thank you for attending the show, for listening to the show, for watching the show. It was illustrated by my guest, Fat Baby. And you can find all the details below in the description. There's a link to rips.co slash POAP, P-O-A-P, um, that explains how to claim, what it is, and everything. But just stay tuned because at some point in this episode, I will jump in and give you the secret code that you need to claim your POAP. So thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And let's get going. Welcome back to Starting Now. I'm your host, Jeff Saris. This is the show where I talk to creators of all types and learn the unexpected paths of how they got to where they are today. Today, my guest is Ida Sancho, better known as Fat Baby. Um, this is such an amazing episode. Like, I don't even, <laughs> I don't want to spend too much time on this preamble, but this is truly a masterclass in creating a generative NFT project, specifically a PFP, profile picture related project. But Fat Baby has so many, so many, uh, so much insight, let me say, from creating first Clever Girls NFT, which is an amazing uh, Clever Girls, like the Raptors from Jurassic Park. And now she's following up with uh, Raptor City Rascals and taking everything learned from Clever Girls and applying it to the Rascals. And I... I'm just trying to dive right in this episode. This is this is a wonderful, wonderful episode. I think you're gonna get so much out of it. So without further ado, my conversation with Fat Baby. So I've been super busy today. I just collected this jacket. That is exciting. Um, it's amazing. It's like really, really cool. This is just the sample. Uh, we're testing some stuff. It has a rascal inside. Um, it has lots of details, like all of these patches at the front. Yeah. And the scratches on the sleeve so it's it's a really cool cool uh, jacket because we are i don't know if you have seen but raptor city is all about uh, merging streetwear and basically nfts it's a mm -hmm. bit too big for me this is the sample but yeah, yeah we're awesome. super excited so we are gonna make 100 of these because nice. they are super exclusive and then we are going to sell them as NFTs and basically you will get the physical jacket. It's a pre-order because you need to tell us your size and where it's delivered. Mm -hmm. But you get the you get the physical jacket, um, the, uh, uh, metaverse wearable for Decentraland nice. and the NFT itself, which we have a really good artist um, working on the illustration. So we, we just wanted to test the market and see how this would work. And basically with Raptor City, we have the black market where we open once a month mm -hmm. and we have that like this 3D space and there's that this like creature dinosaur that comes every month with some goods and it's like, you know, selling this stuff and you can only buy it for 72 hours and then the creature leaves and the market is closed. Nice. And we are, yeah, we are linking the physical and the digital world and make it fun and you know super exclusive as well like you have 72 hours if you want this jacket there's only 100 you know yeah yeah i really like how you're um bridging the gap now with this and that was one of the, i've seen the little uh the tamagotchis you've been picking up and i know there's something oh something happening there and it's really exciting because like taking that physical world and merging it with nfts yeah <laughs> nice it's such a and huge opportunity a, yes it is it is because 
so the Tamagotchi stuff is for our next project that I cannot talk about yet. Yeah. Uh, but we are doing, we are on the research phase. So I got Tamagotchis for the whole team. Everyone has one. And we are all just, you know, playing with them, experiencing how it is and taking some data. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, we wanted to do, because I started NFTs in March and I have seen so much. And I'm like, okay, what can I do that I haven't seen? And of course, people are doing merch, but the way we are doing it, where you get the same wearable for the metaverse and for the physical world, you know, I think that's pretty cool. And also, if you think about it, people spend a lot of money on NFTs and they just get the NFT. Of course, that's the whole thing. But what if you get something else? Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah, I I really like that. Um, here, let me just adjust the audio there. There we go. Um, but yeah, that is so awesome. And I saw the um, the up close image of you picking that up today, and it's all like the stitching and everything. Like it's it's high qual. It's a high quality garment oh, yeah. on its yeah, own. So I I'm I'm not sure I can tell you who the because basically I'm working with a very famous artist, nice. but um, they are they were asked by another very popular collection that I cannot say, but it's <laughs> so that you know the most popular of all. Uh -huh. you know uh, to, to work with them to do a collaboration and they are working with them so I went to their shop and I was like would you like to work with us and they were like yes that sounds amazing but we at the moment they are just doing the product for me so basically I am using their resources um, for them to produce the, the garments it is really really good quality like it's padded you know mm -hmm. and that's why I went there. Also, something super funny has walked me. Oh, nice. <laughs> and also on the sleeves, it has a GM and GN. Nice. Let me see, because it's in black. I don't know if you would be able to see. But yeah, we, we have added like all these little... Can you see? I don't think we will be able to. Yeah, I can't really pick it up. But yeah, that's... Oh, there it is. Yeah, that is really smart. I like that. <laughs> yeah. And the thing that is missing is that on the sleeve, it will have a QR code that will take you to uh, to the collection. Nice. So, yeah, I mean, we are we want to make sure that when people see this, if you're into NFTs, you know, you know, you have the GN, the GN, the WACMI, the all this stuff, you know. So, so yeah, and, and this is really cool as well. Like this is embroidery and the, and this is screen print. Nice. So yeah, I'm so happy with the results to be honest. And yeah, so. It is super quality because we are working with a professional and I am hoping that after they finish their collab with this other collection, we can actually do a, 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 a collab, right? Where they, they are, that artist and me creates something and we can talk about it and everything. Yeah, for but sure. It, yeah, that would be awesome. And had you done anything with uh, merch and apparel before this, like on your own? Because you've done a lot like uh we'll we'll dive into the or origin story in a little bit but um yeah you've done a lot of creative uh endeavors has fashion been anything um on your radar before so i have a youtube channel with over eighty thousand subscribers and like 8 million views or something i don't use it anymore i left like two years ago it was too much work too much effort and it was a bit because because my channel is very political so i would get a lot of backlash Mm -hmm. for also for being transgender and everything so it was so toxic and i didn't make any money so i was like <laughs> you know investing all my energy and love in this and so yeah but but for that channel i i learned so much and i think from that i applied everything that i learned about 
community management, metadata, all this sort of stuff. I can apply it now into the NFT space and, you know, everything I do. But I did merge for that um, ages ago, but it was just, you know, your typical T-shirt mm-hmm. and your typical hat, that's it. But this time I wanted to design, like our designer has designed this jacket, you know, and, and we wanted the red inside so it looks like, you know, bloody or whatever so everything this jacket has been designed by our designer and that's what we want to do like exclusive streetwear that you you cannot see anywhere else we are also going to have the typical merch of like the logo and Mm -hmm. stuff you know so because because this is more vip i would say you know and and it's only for holders but the other merch is accessible for everybody but yeah, I'm super interested in designing because this one is kind of okay. As in, okay, I mean, like you can wear this on a daily basis, you know, and look cool. <laughs> but we are also interested in creating some like futuristic streetwear and see what happens. Yeah, that'll be exciting. Yeah, all of it. I, yeah, I really like that. And I want to dive completely into Raptor City and the stuff you're doing and like how you drew the team. But first, I do like to rewind and sort of uh, dive into who who you are, who Fat Baby is and where you came from. So like like going way back, when would you say you sort of found art and found that art was like your your thing? So when I was a little fat baby, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, always, always. I loved uh, illustrating always. And um, my dad used to... my. Like my dad had a, a group of friends and they would like create these like fantasy stories and they would illustrate they would illustrate things and they wanted to do an animation, you know. So I would always see these like fantastical illustrations things um around my dad's office. And also my parents always bought me a lot of like fantastical things, as in like fairies books and gnomes. I believed gnomes were real for so long. <laughs> And I would just go in the forest and think that I'm a bad person because they were not appearing in front of me. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I mean, I've always been drawing and creating art and I don't know, it's just something that I'm very interested in. You know, when when you do something and you are like so into it, like you are loving it. So I've, I've always done lots of things. Yeah. Yeah. And I imagine just the whole world just sort of, uh, zooms out. When you're, you just get in that, in the zone and you're just really working. What was some of the first stuff that you did then? Were you um, like drawing sort of just like, like a little kid? Was it just sort of like crayons or like pencil or sort of where did you uh, get your start? Because, I mean, you've developed this skill over many, many years. Yeah. So, I mean, I am, I consider myself an artist now because I have been for the first time ever making money out of my art Mm -hmm. but before that it was very difficult to say i'm an artist because capitalism you know and everything is linked to do you make money out of it or not um but yeah i mean sorry i lost my thought my train of thought oh no it's all good yeah sort of where did you start oh yeah in art (laughs) sorry my brain is like melting because of all the work i have oh yeah there's so so much (laughs) if i tell you one of the things that i can remember that i started doing you know I I loved as a child I loved Jurassic Park and I loved dragons and all these kind of creatures so you know the movie uh, Dragonheart oh I don't think I've seen that 
Okay, so it's 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 really beautiful. Um, well, it's a bit old now, but you know, it, there's a, like this big dragon, and it's so beautiful. So I would draw that dragon again and again and again, like I loved it. And I would also draw like mostly were like mythological creatures. And I, if I was in my home in Spain, because I'm, I'm in London, I would show you some of the drawings. They are so funny. But yeah, I started with that, and then I I also when I was a teenager, I got very into uh, stop motion. And I would do, I would just go to the lake in my town uh, with some plasticine and then, you know, make some creatures and take so lots of pictures. And then I would go back home, put in the computer and play them together, you know. So, uh, yeah, if I've, those are some of the things that I remember doing when I was very small. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's really fun. Like, and from such an early age to be doing something like stop motion isn't a, um, it's not an easy thing to like get right. It takes a lot of work and a lot of effort. Um, it, yeah, it really just shows sort of um, your dedication. And I love that. I love that dragons in Jurassic Park are f- sort of from day one, and like yes. coming through with clever girls and um, with uh, Raptor City and everything. Like it, it's just exciting. It's it's fun to to know that. So your journey took you through a bunch of different areas. So. Um, like you said, up until recently, you, you didn't consider yourself like an artist, like a professional artist. Um, you, but you've been a teacher. You've been uh, doing like content creation, like you mentioned for YouTube and for other platforms. Sort of, how did that? Um, how did you end up like finding your way to art as as a full time career? Um, the short answer is <laughs> NFTs. Uh-huh. The long answer is. Yes, I am a teacher. I went to university to become a teacher. I also studied translation and interpretation of German. I I did lots of things because I didn't know what to do because I knew what I liked. But I thought, you know, that whole thing of like, if you do an artistic career, you are never going to get paid enough and it's going to be very difficult. So it's like, I would always be like, okay, what are are the alternatives? And then I ended up doing... uh, starting to be a primary teacher and and that's my degree and you know and then the German stuff but I only went to teach to Thailand for two years Mm -hmm. which was amazing and it was very helpful because I was teaching English I know unbelievable with this accent but you know I was teaching academic English which was this you know grammar from a book and it was um, one of the best universities in Thailand which this is amazing I got the job online like we had an interview like this and then they gave me the job and I landed in Thailand first time ever and they gave me the keys for an apartment and I, and then I went to work the next day which was, I was a bit in shock but it was an incredible experience and the university uh, I was teaching English to the all the students that were doing digital media so they had lots of subjects like you know art like illustration or animation so I, I was always with the students because they were almost my age, by the way. <laughs> so <laughs> we were friends and then I would I would go to some classes, you know, lessons and just learn. And I started to draw a lot during uh, while living there in Thailand. And that, that was really cool because it made me feel like, it made me remember like, this is really cool. Like, this is what I like, right? Mm-hmm. And um, then... Yeah, then I came back to, I went to Japan for a bit, then I came to England 
I also lived in Switzerland and worked in farms, by the way, milking cows and stuff. But oh, really? Yeah, that's before, that's before Thailand. Yeah. Uh, Wait, said, so I, I am just curious. Was that, was that like the first job or what was the very first thing you were doing for money? The, my very, very first job was at McDonald's. Oh, nice. <laughs> I was in McDonald's selling burgers and I was so proud. You know, I was... They told me that I was super good at cleaning. Like we won an award for the cleanest McDonald's in the area. <laughs> that was my OCD showing, of course. Um, but I get bored super easily. Mm-hmm. So I've never been in the same job for longer than two years. So how did you get to a farm? I'm just curious. Like that. <laughs> so I, when I was learning, um, when I was studying translation, translation and interpretation of German, I went to Switzerland to learn German. And then I saw these farms and I was like, this is so cool. I want to make some money. So I, have, I had a neighbor farmer. So I went and talked to him and I was like, hey, do you need some help? And they were like, yeah, like, why not? Like you could paint the, where the, not the farm, but you know, the, where the pigs are, <laughs> the outside oh. of the house. Oh, okay. <laughs> the outside of the pig house. So <laughs> the barn? The barn. The barn. Okay, yeah. So, <laughs> so I painted the barn and then I would have lunch with the family, which was very cute. And after that, I was like, I want a job, like not just painting, you know, I want to be a farmer. So I rented a, a big quad and then I went from farm to farm asking to all the farmers if they needed help. So one of the farmers gave me work with uh, chickens. Uh, another one, I was driving a massive tractor. That was so much fun. <laughs> the first time that I went on the tractor, like I did a wheelie because, you know, uh, it accelerates. It has so much power. Mm. And I treated it like a car. <laughs> and, I was like, and the farmer was like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> I had all these different jobs and then pigs and then cows. And I liked it so much that every summer I went to the Swiss Alps and I would work in a farm and it was a town, only 80 people. And I would be working there all summer because I loved it. Nice. Yeah. So, so then you went from working on the farm into going, jumping to Thailand and teaching. Was that the direct path or? No. So I went from the farm, I went back to Spain and then I finished my degree Mm -hmm. and then I went to Thailand and then I lived there for a while and then I spent some time in Japan just enjoying and wasting, spending all my money and then (laughs) all my money that it wasn't much because by the way, the salaries in Thailand are so small, Mm -hmm. even though like, like my salary was really good and I think it was something like $1,200 a month. Mm -hmm. But with that, I had like a massive apartment with a swimming pool, I got a motorbike. So the life there was great, but if I ever wanted to come back home, I would spend all my salary on a flight, you know? Yeah. But yeah, and then after that, I um, came to England and I was a bit for a bit in the, for a while in the north of England. And then I came to London and I did all kinds of jobs. I worked night shifts in a toy store, which <laughs> it was very, it was so much fun. I have to admit. <laughs> then I worked as a waitress in so many places. Uh, washing dishes because you know when you come to to london as a foreign person or whatever mm-hmm. you don't get really well paid good jobs unless you have a lot of experience 
So I had to do all those different jobs because I needed money to pay my rent. And then I slowly transitioned into media stuff. And it was thanks to having that YouTube channel that someone found me online and they offered me a job for a YouTube network. And then I started working there and I used that experience to slowly, you know, get into different positions until I was in my my latest job where I was a freelance, but I was doing okay as in money wise. I was making like $300 a day, but I would only work three days a week because I hate to work nine to five. I think it's disgraceful. Why? Whose idea was this? You know, like, why are we doing this? (laughs) Why are we working five days and having two off? No, Mm. hate it. So every time in all the jobs that I had, they, they were either temporary. So I knew it has a limit, you know, I'm going to work on this three months and then it's done. Or I would ask for my own needs and they would always include, I am not working five days. I am not traveling on rush hour, nice. which I know some people might be fuck off, but I just say, this is what I need. Are you okay with it? And they would say yes. So I was like, fine. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a really valuable thing to to be doing because you're you're giving so much of your time for money, of course, but I think a lot of people go in and they don't really realize that you have a lot more agency when it comes to things like this and you can you can make requests it's not like demands you're just like oh can we do this and a lot of times people especially if they want you on the team they'll they'll say yes yeah yeah that, that's the thing that it's i work so hard and i want to make people proud of what i do for them you know especially if they pay me money i feel like oh shit you know i have to to make sure that they are super satisfied so i think it just makes sense to be like that both sides. I'm going to do anything to make sure my work for you is amazing. And, but I need you to compensate me with these things, you know, mm-hmm. but yeah, you're so right. People are scared of asking because they, it's kind of like we end up believing that things are the way they are and that's it. And that's not real, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's wild. Like, I mean, I talk about this with my girlfriend a lot. It's, it's so weird to think how everything is made up, like just like every aspect of life down to the pavement on the roads, like that we need to have roads, say like someone decided that along the along the uh, history. And this yeah. is what we do. And we're like, no, these, these are the this is the box that we live within. Um, but it is wild. Everything is just um, I don't want to say arbitrary because there's decisions and reasons, but everything, almost everything is flexible to a degree. Yeah. Totally, totally. And if you think about it, like you can apply this to absolutely everything. And I always like to think about how media in general is super influenced by these ideas that someone thought that was how it is. Like, you know, 300 years ago, usually it's a cisgender, straight, white male. Forgive me, but you know, that's the truth. Uh (laughs) And then they decided all this bullshit and now we are all doing it. So that is not how it has to be. There are so many different options. There are so many different ways of doing things. I always think like, because you know, we are born in our country or whatever. And then all the information that we absorb is from our environment. And then, you know, we have access to the internet and we are like, oh, all these things are out there. That's cool. But I think what really broke my, what really opened my box (laughs) was traveling and seeing so many people having absolutely opposite lives to mine 
and so many different alternatives. Like you can do whatever you want, really. I'm talking also from a place of privilege because I understand some people cannot, you know, just leave everything. Like I have no children, I have no obligations or anything, you know, so I can stand up and be like, I'm going to go and risk it, you know. So that's clear. I know I have a lot of privilege, but I'm just saying that it does not have to be that way, you know. Yeah, it can be anyway. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that is like travel is so important because I mean, like you said, like if you're staying in your hometown, sort of you grew up there, you went to school with the same people, you're, you're progressing through life. It's a very small bubble. Like it's easy to forget that the the world is vast. I mean, and so many different lifestyles and uh, whether it's like business and careers or just what the day-to-day life looks like. Um, That's something that I think is, just immensely valuable. And it's exciting that you did. You had the opportunity to bounce around and really get a feel for all these different areas. And I feel like that that then informs who you are. Like, of course it does. Um, but then what you're creating and everything you're doing from the content creation through YouTube and everything, but now like through NFTs. And yeah, it's, it's all super valuable. Yeah, yeah. So getting into NFTs then. Now... What was that bridge? So were you at the media company at that at the moment, like sort of when you started to discover NFTs and maybe how did you, how did you come across them? So this was in March. I, I was on Instagram and then I saw these Instagram stories about NFTs are the worst. And I was like, oh shit, what is this? And then I Googled it and I was like, oh, this is bad. <laughs> so that happened. And then I was just having my life. Um, I was extremely depressed by the way, like really badly, like, fucked you know (laughs) like I I, it was it was like I I had a lot of like suicidal thoughts I was not gonna act on them but they were constantly in my mind and thinking I'm gonna die and everything is horrible because of the coronavirus Mm -hmm. situation as well it really made my mental health really really bad so I decided to start medication because prior that I would go to therapy but you know it was not it was okay, but not enough. And then I, I decided to make that step and it was the best decision I've ever made after NFTs. <laughs> <laughs> and basically I, I take sertraline, so 50 milligrams every morning is one pill. I'm just saying this because there's a lot of stigma and taboo around mental health and medication. And that's why it took me that long to, to try it because I thought, you know, I, I, I've heard all these comments like, it makes you worse. And I was like, if it makes you worse, why would you take it, you know? Yeah. For me personally, it's it has worked incredibly well. The only thing that it does is regulates the levels of serotonin that are spread, you know, produced in your brain. And then suddenly you feel much more stable. So all those, I'm a very, I, I, I have a lot of different moods, you know? Mm-hmm. So it just made me feel very, very stable and... I have no anxiety before I was anxious. Like I had this agony, you know, this feeling of impending doom constantly like, Oh, oh, you know, and now I'm just chilling. I get stressed sometimes because I have a lot to do, but that's a good kind of stress, you know? Um, So yeah, I was completely depressed. And then I started medication and also I got enough money to pay for my surgery Because, you know, I'm uh, 
to be honest, I don't know. I say I'm non-binary because that's the definition that goes best with me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am AFAB, which means assigned female at birth. Mm-hmm. And um, I just had really big boobs, you know. I had big, I had big bazookas, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like sick of them. Like I had a lot, a lot of like uh, gender dysphoria around my chest. So I decided to have surgery. Do you want to see my nipples, or is um, it not allowed? Uh, I mean, whatever you want to do. <laughs> yeah, so I got to surgery uh-huh. and you can see, everyone can see my nipples now online. Mm-hmm. So the, I mean, it's again, one of the best decisions I've ever made. So this massive thing happened in my life where I started medication. I removed my big bazookas and I started working on NFTs. And those three things combined have been incredibly life-changing. So I feel much more confident with my body not having uh, big boobs. I also feel much more stable because of the medication. And I have a job that I absolutely love. So I was I was working for the that uh, for the company. They make figurines, uh, collectible figurines for Marvel, DC, and all these different brands. Mm-hmm. So I was just doing graphic design for the website. It was so boring and it was not, it sounds better than it was, honestly. <laughs> so I started doing NFTs as I was working for them because I told you, I told them I can only work three days a week. Thank you very much. So the rest of the days I was full on NFTs, like 24 seven. I, I was so hyped. I would wake up at six in the morning and I was like, I can't sleep. And I would come you know, to the computer and start doing NFT stuff. Um, and then I, I started Fat Baby and I was doing just one, one pieces and I was selling them at the beginning for 0.05. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, they started to sell and then I made lots of friends and it was so much fun and we were having a great time and I started to make money and I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Cause <laughs> I had no clue about crypto, nothing. Uh-huh. I remember opening the MetaMask wallet and thinking that I was going to be hacked. And yeah, I'm going to steal all my money from my bank, even though it was not connected. You know? yeah. <laughs> That's how ignorant I was. Yeah, I mean, it's um, a big leap for sure. Listen, I was like, I'm shitting myself. What is happening? So I put 80, 80 pounds in the MetaMask wallet so that I could mint art uh, on OpenSea. And that's it. That's all the money I invested. Because when you are a creator, you make money. If you're an investor or a collector, you need to obviously put more fiat in and play with the, you know, uh, flipping and stuff. But like up until now, that the 80 pounds, that's everything. Can you believe? That's amazing. Like that is, I mean, that is just so amazing. And it, I mean, it, it's, you put in the work. This isn't like a magic box. You put in the money and it just. Oh no, I'm working 24 seven. Yeah. I, I want to be super honest because I know some people don't talk about this, but I want to say it because it's real and you can go and check it in the, you know, blockchain and stuff. Uh-huh. But if I calculate an estimate of how much profit I have made after putting those 80 pounds or dollar, mm-hmm. I've made like a million, one million. Yeah. And I imagine up until today, you've never made nearly that much in anything else you've done, I would assume. Listen, my whole ancestry together has never (laughs) made that much money in my whole history of DNA. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, I don't have the million. 
dollar, the one million dollar, because I, um, first of all, I, I shared 50% with my developers. I know nobody does that, but I was so excited. And I was like, you know what, fuck it. So 50%. And then I, um, and that was the developers for clever, clever girls. Yes, this yeah. was, by the way, yes, this was all for clever girls. Mm -hmm. And, and then my fat baby stuff that also would sell. And also that crazy collaboration that I did for the Vogue. It sold for 26 ETH. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? who am I? You know, I was like, wow. So, yeah, I mean, all this happened. And basically, I obviously left my job. As soon as we sold out Clever Girls, I was like, that's it. I worked for them one month, one more month, because, mm -hmm. you know, I was not going to just suddenly leave. Um, but then I was like, okay, I need a plan. Because it was, I was not doing Clever Girls to make money and go. No, yeah. I was doing clever girls to stay here forever. <laughs> so uh, I reinvested everything. I opened a company because otherwise tax kills you. So basically, so that you have an idea, um, I hired a tax person, an accountant, and from half a million dollar, if you are a freelance, from that half a million, you pay 250,000 tax. Yeah, it's wild. But if you are a company, you pay 90,000. Mm. And is that because of expenses and everything? Or No, it's because of the... Listen, I'm so ignorant. I don't understand. Oh, no, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> but this is what she told me and this is what it stayed in my mind because I was like, fuck. Um, it's because of being a company. So when you are a company, you pay less tax, I guess. I don't know. But mm. this is in, in England, by the way. Yeah. I don't know in other countries, but that's how it works here. So yeah, I opened a company and I am declaring absolutely everything. Because I know in some countries you don't have to or some people are not doing it. But I want to do everything so legit and perfect so I can stay here forever and not go to prison. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so everything, all the revenue we make, even if we make a million, that's all on my name. Mm -hmm. And then I have to um, declare that much and then I have to pay the tax for everything, you know, so... Yeah, you make a lot of money, but then suddenly everything is very complicated. Mm -hmm. And real quick, uh, on, the, on the taxes, I know it's not like you have someone for this. Um, do you, are they advising you to uh, convert it immediately into fiat currency? Or are they able to, are they someone who's sort of versed in how to sort of manage it um, from an, a tax perspective? No, so basically it's, it's super complicated because these, they have kind of very, very clear rules for crypto, but not for NFTs. Okay. So, for example, um, they do tell me to cash out enough to pay tax, mm -hmm. right? Because if if now ETH goes to zero, I still have to pay tax. Yeah. Come on. Uh -huh. So, <laughs> uh, you know, I keep cashing out when it's high, you know, as high as possible. And then I keep that for tax. And whenever I have to do my tax return, for sure I have that amount of, you know, whatever. But it's it's pretty complicated. And at the moment, we are doing it in a way where, because um, everything is, is registered in either scan and MetaMask and everything, I can go and check how much I made. And also one super important thing, gas counts as an expense. Yeah, Thank that's God. really <laughs> important to note because gas has been ridiculous <laughs> as of late. It's an absolute nightmare. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but she was asking me things like, for example, how many products have you sold? And I'm like, 
or in which countries. Oh, yeah. So these are things that they are still, you know, exploring and seeing how can they do it in the best way because there's no specific laws or anything for this. Mm -hmm. That's why it's even more dangerous because I want to make sure that in 10 years, they don't come to me and be like, hey, you owe us whatever, you know. Yeah, because so that, that could ruin someone, like especially many years down the line when all that money's been spent and yeah, you have no idea uh, what to, it's, it's such a, just a wild west. It's right now, everything is so up in the air. And in terms of then the actual accounting, like you mentioned, you can go to EtherScan and you can sort of see the transactions. How are you managing that right now? Because there are, I mean, uh, Clever Girls is what, 5,000 uh, NFTs, I think? Yeah, 5,555, yeah. yeah. And Raptor City is going to be 10,000. Um, so there's a, a platform that does your taxes from, from your NFTs. Oh, okay. I, I need to check the name because that would be useful. Let me see. Yeah, that'll be hugely useful. I will I will find it at some point and tell you because this, is, sure. this is very important basically for people that want to do things legit oh yeah but yeah. there's a platform that is um, exclusively to for taxes and nfts okay so cool. basically you have to do there's it's a big form i hate taxes but you know you have to fill it up all this stuff and then it tells you how much you have spent on gas how much you have made how and all the value of the coin changing as well nice. all this sort of stuff so um, there are platforms already that can do that for you um, but yeah, still it's so confusing and I get super overwhelmed every time I think about it. Like yeah. now I'm sweating. <laughs> yeah. Just, just as a, like a collector, I've tried to log everything like in a spreadsheet, but that is a nightmare because there is so many, like every little bit is like, I mean, because the price of Ethereum changes and the gas fees for this, for, like when you bought it, it was this, but now it's that. Yeah. It's just that yeah, having a service is going to be hugely valuable just all around. And it's it's sort of scary for me to see a lot of creators I know aren't, um, they're sort of flying by the seat of their pants still because this is such a new area. And some people are going to, they could really get uh, get hurt financially like once tax season comes around. Yes, I don't recommend to anybody to ignore this because it can be extremely dangerous and we don't know because there are no laws yet, but the disgraceful thing with HMRC here is that they can go back, I think it's six years in time okay. and ask you for whatever you haven't paid. So that means that if now there are no laws for NFTs, but in six year, in five years there are, I'm going to own them. I cannot go and say, but you didn't tell me before. No. Yeah. So it's it's really, really dangerous. Like you have to make sure that you are spending your money responsibly and that you are making sure that you are paying that tax, that that's not your money. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the government's money. So when you are making that amount, think that 20% or whatever percent is not yours. Yeah, that's hugely important for, for any business. I mean, because every yes, business okay. has to pay their tax. But then like when it comes to crypto, things feel, they feel different. Yes. But it really isn't. I mean, you are... An entrepreneur, you're running a business. Um, the business is actually called Fat Baby Club, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, I like that though. Oh, and I meant to ask. So, Fat Baby, the name, did that come from your first pieces that were the Fat Baby, or is there some sort of yes. other origin? So, I don't know if you can see here at the back. Oh yeah, there they are. 
My girlfriend is running to get me the fat babies. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to uh, to sell art, you know, because I wanted to live off my art. Uh-huh. But no one would nice. uh, would buy this because they were. This is the bottom. We had two people. This is cardboard, uh-huh. you know, from Amazon boxes. <laughs> so I would draw uh, here uh, and paint, you know, and everything. And uh-huh. uh, <laughs> and basically, I wanted to sell them for fifty dollars each, mm-hmm. but only one friend of mine bought one, which it was like a monkey that I made for her. And then and then a lovely guy who is now collecting my NFTs uh, from England uh, got one as well, and that's it. You know, disgrace. Yeah. <laughs> so, so when I, when I, my first NFT, these, these are actually my two first NFTs because I, I drew this digitally mm-hmm. and I, I minted them. And then someone paid $80 for it. And I was like, what? <laughs> you know? <laughs> so that's how I started. And that's why I called the collection Fat Baby because basically what I was doing is like popular characters, you know, like pop culture characters. I am a geek. Clearly, uh, but I would redraw them with my, in, with my fat baby style, um, and that's why I got the name. I, and I think it's a cute name. <laughs> oh, it definitely is. Yeah, because you've had a few different names. I found. Uh, let me see, because you were doing mischievous frog, and like your Nomi might have been another project. I think oh, yes. you had, and like I went through. So I was because I was curious. Like a fat baby had uh, a previous origin, but I love that. Um, everything happened all at the same time, like you said, like so many changes, so many things, but that was that, like that leap, that big step into, uh, this new you in many ways, like. Totally. Yeah. 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 And, but also it's super important to remember, because, you know, this is something my girlfriend tells me sometimes when I'm a bit frustrated that when you are looking at a super big artist, like, let's say a super explicit example within the NFT space, Beeple. Mm-hmm. Beeple, people are like, oh, this guy suddenly made 60 million or whatever. No, this guy has been constantly years and years of his life working on something. And this is this is one thing that happened along the way, you okay. know? But how many years, how many hours, how much effort has he put into making this happen? So... Like with me, obviously, I don't have that much um, success yet, <laughs> but uh, I've I've been working so hard oh, yeah. my whole my whole entire life and focused on art and trying to do different things, like trying all these, like does this work? Does this work? Does this, you know? And then it gets to a point where it's like, oh, this works. <laughs> and in my case, it was NFTs. Uh huh. Yeah. I mean, because even like you and your girlfriend developed an app too, right? A game. Yes. Yeah, I mean, so, <laughs> yeah, that was cute. So she got a scholarship. She down here in the basement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she down here uh, for uh, women in tech. So it was from Sky TV. I don't know if you know mm-hmm. Sky TV. Um, they they were giving twenty five thousand or twenty thousand twenty five thousand pounds to different women that had some sort of idea to do something technological. So um, uh, we were in a game jam. Okay. Here in London, the London Game Jam, and it was me and her. So we made a game together about a little frog who was depressed. I was the frog, <laughs> and the game was about having a conversation with the frog and learning how to use language 
with someone who is depressed. Because, you know, as I was saying before, there's a lot of stigma around mental health and people don't don't really know what depression is. I didn't know myself, you know. So sometimes if someone is depressed, you don't know what to say. And there are lots of comments that can be very hurtful, even though you are trying your best. You can be like, oh, don't worry, it will go away. Or just go for a walk, you will feel better. You know, all these things that that's not how it works, you know. Mm-hmm. So... Um, uh, yeah, it was a little game where you talk to the frog, the frog was in a hole in the ground, you know, and then you had to talk to it and help it come out. And the hole was the depression, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> and we won that game jump, which was incredible because they were really good games. But I think people were in love with the frog and they, I, I think they were all depressed and they were like, fuck, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> we were all fucked. And yeah, so we won the game jump and then she presented the idea to work on something bigger than that. So it was a narrative, an interactive narrative. We wrote with my actual writer that he's my friend. And I, after working with him for a a hero's guide to gardening, that's the game. You can play for free on what is the name of the each? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, I saw it when I was looking it up. Yeah. You can play through the browser or there's the iOS app, right? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you can play for free. Um, so yeah, the app, the game is about um, emotional literacy because mm-hmm. we are not mental health experts, so we could not, you know, talk about mental health explicitly. But we do. We can talk about yeah, emotional literacy and uh, how to be around people that might be experiencing depression or anger issues or anxiety. So there's like three characters and you talk to them. So yeah, that was a beautiful experience. But again, we got the scholarship. We spent all the money on on the project because we had to hire a developer. We also hired the the writer and, you know, I got an iPad (laughs) to be able to draw everything. So yeah, we spent all the money and then the game was for free because we wanted everyone to access it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I love that that um, everything with mental health, because you also have another project, I think Cool Kids Club, that sort of along yeah. the same lines is, um, I love that you're taking like your experience. And now as you're developing things and building your success, you're able to, to sort of help other people in, in a way that maybe you, you would have hoped you would have had along the line. Oh, yeah, totally. I'm like, why never? No one told me this. Uh (laughs) You know, it's like, what? What? Like, I've learned so much going to therapy. And, you know, online, like with my gender identity, why didn't nobody told me that there was a possibility that I'm not male or female, you know, all these sort of things. Uh That's, That's what I want to... That's why I'm super explicit about everything and I show you many books because I want this to be normal. Like it's it's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and when no one ever tells you anything about it, you feel like you are broken or you are weird or you are doing something wrong because you've never heard about this, so you might be fucked, you know. So it's it's super important to talk about all these things. Yeah, absolutely. And not to make such a such a shift from that's a very serious topic, but um, I did want to dive into how you have moved from Clever Girls into um, Raptor City because you've uh, from from what I gather you've really you've learned a lot from Clever Girls and brought in a team and realized like sort of like what can we realize from the profits we made here and build something bigger. So I was hoping you'd maybe talk about that, like bringing in employees and whatnot. Totally. So. All right, so I'm just going to jump in right here and let you know what the secret code is to claim this episode's POAP. The secret code is FAT 
baby now. It's all one word, all lowercase, F-A-T-B-A-B-Y-N-O-W. Back to the show. Um, Clever Girls was just a random idea because I love dinosaurs. And I was like, oh my God, wouldn't it be cool to have a collection called Clever Girls and they are all velociraptors? <laughs> you know, that was a thought. And then I wanted to try out a generative project. And I met Cinco's and Van, who are a lovely couple. Mm-hmm. Sorry. And they, um, they, I told them, would you like to do a generative project with me? You know, would you like to help me? And they were like, yes. And I was like, pay you 50%, you know, it's going to be great. And they were lovely because obviously I didn't have money to pay them. The, the, the thing was we sell out and you get this much, right? Mm-hmm. Thankfully, it happened. But I made a lot of mistakes because uh, regarding the metadata and traits, I, like, you know, I'm learning every day so much. This is all so new. So I, in my opinion, I think I gener- I created too many traits. And when there are that many traits, it's more complicated to identify uh, the collection. I know Clever Girls is Clever Girls and you see it and you know it's a Clever Girl, but people love... You know, we are social beings, right? And we love to have a group of people that have a same identity, you know, and we have all this community feeling. So you can see this in our collections, like they are like, oh, hoodie gang or a gold skin gang or whatever, you know, people love to do that. Mm -hmm. So with Clever Girls, there's so many traits and they are so different from each other that it, it, to a point, it makes no sense. It it has no, it's not cohesive. And... I like the I like the project, of course, and I think it's so much fun. But in that regard, and also um, regarding the metadata and how I drew the assets as well, I it was my first time, so I made a lot of mistakes where I had to exclude so many assets from others, you know, because they were overlapping, and then it was not working. So there, there's some also within the metadata in OpenSea there are a couple of mistakes. So it's not a perfect collection. And I was like, okay, I need to do this in a way that is forever, that it's perfectly designed, right? <laughs> so I, I, that's why I thought, okay, I need to invest this money into the next project. And all Clever Girls holders will get this for free, you know, because they made this happen. So Raptor City is basically the creation that all these people invested in and they are going to clever girls is a vip pass to everything that i am creating now and i know some people are a bit confused because some people are like oh um someone said rook pool you know that i rooked pool and i was like what who are you like where have you been you know (laughs) i do understand some people are very worried because there has been a lot of you know people taking advantage fake accounts etc um but what i need all collectors from Clever Girls to understand is that they have invested in the right thing. And I am working so hard and Clever Girls was a step into what's coming next. And I made some mistakes and I I didn't mean to make them. I was just learning. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, I thought I, I did a very deep analysis of the audience, like, you know, who are the collectors, the majority of the collectors. Um, how much can they afford? Are they, you know, because you think people think of NFTs and then, oh, the whales, you know, people with a lot of crypto. Right now, 
we have to be smart. I'm going to give you golden nuggets for the future. <laughs> but, you know, there's so many people coming in new to the NFT space. And most of these people, they don't have crypto. They are like 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 me, you know. I, I have 80 pounds. What do you do with 80 pounds? Nothing. That's like 0.0 what, you know. Yeah. So that's another thing super important to understand. How are you pricing your NFT? Are you doing airdrops? How are you treating the community? Who are your collectors? You know, how many clever girls did each collector get? Maybe there's people out there that got one because that's all they can afford. And they are expecting something to happen because they are excited. So I want to make sure that all of those people, including the ones that have just one clever girl, are going to be able to enjoy whatever we create. So we have done a lot of things already. Like uh, I love wearables for the metaverse. So I have airdropped uh, wearables, two different ones. We are taking a screen uh, screenshot, a shot, yeah, or a snapshot. Yes, thank uh-huh. you. <laughs> a snapshot of all the wallets uh, today because I have an, a new set of wearables that look so cool. Uh, they are dinosaurs, you know. Like it, they have like a big tail and a baby raptor on the shoulder and two katanas. So they look really cool. And um, I, I also love that I get to work with 3D artists, you know, and I pay them, we work together, and then I have a present for all the collectors. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the whole thing, the whole transition is basically that, creating something that has a lot of value. Mm-hmm. And this time is perfectly done. Yeah. You know? And I did want to um, touch on the um, attributes. Did, what is the sweet spot that you found? Because you're doing a 10K project. Um, is there sort sort of a number of attributes you, you feel works or was it really just sort of touch and go and figure it out? So it really depends because if you, you what you have to do, basically, first of all, it's like what we were talking about at the beginning, like it doesn't have to be a specific way. Mm-hmm. It can be any way you choose, especially like, that's why I love the NFT space so much because I get bored easily, but with NFTs, you can do anything you like anything like we are doing what the fuck is this you know what i mean like we're <laughs> crazy jackets now um i also want to do a um, custom motorbikes i'm not even joking oh wow that would I be know. wild <laughs> yes i am i am 100 doing this and and helmets but with the budget but you know i i want to do these like things that people are like oh shit you can uh, do that uh-huh. you know um but yeah regarding the traits uh, I think the most important thing within a collection is to have very cohesive traits. So all of the uh, uh, randomly generated NFTs mm-hmm. have to make have to make sense. So with clever girls, for example, one of the traits is a tanuki on the head. You know, a, a raccoon. <laughs> yeah. That makes no sense. And then another. I mean, I love it. You know, but. That's one trait, and then the other trait is a, a leather jacket. So, you know, you look at it, and I like it, but analyzing what people truly want, you know, audience-wise, generalizing, mm-hmm. people like things that they can recognize. So, for example, collections like Cool Cuts, um, Dead Fellas, Cryptoads, they are collections that look very iconic and when i say iconic i mean their nfts look like a logo mm-hmm. each of those nfts could be perfectly a logo it's is very very strongly branded it has a very specific color palette 
you see it from a, you know, even if the, the picture is super small, you straight away know it's a cool cut just from the colors, you know, it's like, when I show you the colors of McDonald's, just the colors, you, you, your brain is telling me McDonald's, uh -huh. right? So these are the collections that have exploded. I'm not mentioning Bored Apes because I think the main reason why Bored Apes was very successful is because of um, how, the, how whales can manipulate the market. This is a reality. And also because it was one of the first ones, one of the first generative projects after punks that came out. Mm -hmm. So... I'm not saying it's shit, but all I'm saying is that mm. I attribute most of the success to those very circumstantial um, things. Yeah, there's there's uh, the timing and the community that they built. It, so there's like multiple pieces, but it's it's just different than what's working right now. Exactly, totally. And yeah. and if you if you if you look at yeah, like I said, like Dead Fellas, Cool uh, uh, Cats, Fangang, all these collections that are very chunky characters, <laughs> you know. Uh -huh. with, a very specific color palette. It works super well. So what I would say is the key for a successful generative project at the moment and profile picture related, you know, because yeah. you can make a generative project and this is spaceships, whatever. No, I'm talking about profile pictures is have a color palette, very specific color palette. Um, have your character, have a shape, you know. When you do character design, the silhouette of your character is very important. So if I showed you a picture now of Mickey Mouse that's like a black picture, you would straight away tell me Mickey Mouse because you can see the ears, you can see the tail, you know? So with these collections, if I show you just a black uh, cool cut, you know it's the cool cut, you know, it has the ears. So I would recommend very cohesive traits that make sense. If it's clothing, it's clothing, you know, but don't do things that are too different. And then the color palette and just having very consistent art. And regarding traits, I wouldn't do more than 50 for each mm -hmm. because then they start to be too different from each other. And it can be a bit confusing. Also, when you open the tab to look at the traits <laughs> and there are 200, yeah. you're like, fuck that, you know? So it, it has to, it doesn't have to be overwhelming. Um, Traits wise, so so those are things that I've learned and I have applied uh, on Raptor City. But of course, you can do whatever you want. I'm just saying what for sure. Work, no, but what this, I think works. Yeah, this is like a masterclass, though. I mean, all of these details because you, but like truly, like you've been in it, you've built, and now you're building again because you've learned so much. Like that is immensely valuable. Like, and I mean, I just thank you for sharing all of that because I think that is awesome. It's going to help a lot of people who who want to build something that's like, we all want to build something successful, but just even looking at it as a logo, I hadn't thought about it that way, but you don't see intricate logos. Like that's not, because um, we do like design, that's like our main business is brand development and whatnot. And we would never develop a really intricate logo because you need to be able to have it scale down, have it be the fave icon on, in a browser and know what it is. And there's all these different things that I hadn't actually thought about, but that makes so much sense in this space. Yeah, but that's why I said that they. This is profile picture related because exactly. You know, most of the people use their phones. They are on Twitter. So what you have to do to know if you like your profile, if you like your project, is take the illustration, put it as your profile picture, and look at it. Is it good? Can you see it from a distance? Is it recognizable? You know, it, it it's it's just testing whatever you are creating in the platform or the device. You know this 
the hardware that is going to be used in because uh, this is another mistake with clever girls so detailed mm-hmm. like you can make the illustration massive i made so many details like you know i would like spend hours doing stuff and for what nobody's gonna see it mm-hmm. because they are used as profile pictures nobody's having this on a gigantic screen in their house you know yeah. at the beginning there was all this like thing oh i'm gonna display my nft on a screen you know no <laughs> yeah people, some people like have it on their apple watch that's another thing how big is it can you see it on the apple watch is, is it a landscape if if you are into generative projects and profile picture projects you want to create something that you can look at being super small mm-hmm. so yeah that, i think that's the key but also let's not forget this is very important you can have 10,000 NFTs that look perfect, but if you don't do marketing, forget about it. Yeah. It's very sad, but it's 90% marketing, 10% art. And this is a fact. You can go and look at some collections. I am sorry, they look disgraceful. I respect everybody, okay? But <laughs> some <laughs> collections, the quality is super, the art quality is very, very, very low. But the community and the hype and the marketing and the FOMO is insane. So people get into it. Oh, yeah. Also, another thing to remember, because let's be real here, the market is manipulated by whales. And this is true. Of course, there are collections that do super well, you know, like Clever Girls, to be honest, is a massive success because it was organic, 100% organic. It was just me and you know, uh, Ban, who was helping me with uh, the Discord, because I did not even know how to open a Discord. And that's it. It was me making friends and saying like, ah, yeah, cool, haha, you know, having fun. Uh-huh. So, of course, it has the, um, the community factor and being a nice person as well. This is super important, being nice to others. Be honest, be grateful and be loving and giving, you know, because then people see that and they want to give you that back and that's amazing right um but yeah there's that side and then there's there's the others the other side where is that sorry my tamagotchi <laughs> i need to clean it or it gets sick okay <laughs> <laughs> so there's that you know being great and lovely and all of that but also realistically if you don't do marketing at all no one is gonna know that you are there and this is one of the reasons like you told me, oh, thank you for coming because I know you are very busy. Yes, but this is so important. Me talking to you, like we don't know each other, but I want to be nice to you. You want to be nice to me and we will see what happens, you know, mm-hmm. and getting eyes like, I don't know how many people are going to watch this. 500 people. I don't know. If I get three collectors, that's, that was worth it, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's it's a matter of, you can create something incredible, but if no one is looking at it, it doesn't exist. Getting philosophical, you know, but it, <laughs> it is true. So you can make sure that you have analyzed the market and you have analyzed all these different artists and collections and you have created the ultimate collection. But then what are you doing with that? So marketing, 24 7 twitter yeah. go to all the spaces that you can it can be super draining but i think you must sacrifice some of your time at the beginning and be very focused 
and then it may happen. I also want to be very clear here. I do not believe in meritocracy at all. Mm -hmm. I don't believe like all this, like work hard, you will get it bullshit. (laughs) Okay. There's clearly capitalism is not about meritocracy because then all these people in the supermarkets and shit, you know, working hours and breaking their backs, why are they not millionaires? So that is bullshit. And I have been lucky and I have worked super hard and I am privileged because I got an iPad. I have a computer. My parents are working class. They, they didn't go to university, but they sacrificed a lot so that I go to university. And then I have all this, you know, I, I'm tech savvy or whatever. So there are so many things that made this happen. So I don't want people to believe that, oh, Fat Baby worked so hard. Yeah, of course I worked so hard, but I also, there's a lot, a lot of like, uh, circumstantial lack factors and privilege, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, because there is that right place at the right time. Like if you were starting maybe next year, same month, same day, it's a different landscape. I mean, would you be exactly where you are right now? Maybe, but, but probably not just because things are different. But, yeah. but again, I never want to diminish the work you put in because you have put in an immense amount of work to get exactly where you are. But yeah, there are so many factors at play. And you mentioned the marketing and everything and sort of being in spaces and things. Someone who's sort of day one, say, they're a creator, they're an artist, they've created elsewhere, but they've never done NFTs and never sold digital art. Um, do you have maybe a few, maybe like three things that you would recommend they, they sort of, where they start? Yes. So you need to look at this as like, imagine it's like a video game, right? So you have level one. Level one is reading the instructions. So you open a Twitter account because Twitter is like, you know, the the NFT mecca, whatever you want to call it. I don't know if I can say that, but you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So you open a Twitter account, clean. It's not the Twitter account that you have had for years. No, it's a new one. And it's only for NFTs. And you go out there and you follow all the influencers, all the NFT artists that you like. And every time you go on Twitter, if if you go on Twitter a lot, great. If not, you need dedication. So one hour a day, you go on Twitter and you scroll and you read. You read everything. You check what people are talking about. You learn all the, the slang or whatever, you know, all the words that people use in the crypto space. And you spend one month doing that, full on. That's level one. Suddenly after one month, you are like, oh yeah, I know this. You know, I I know this artist, I know this expression. I, you know, I've met these people and, you know, maybe you have some friends that you have been talking to, you know, because you have to observe and also interact. Once that has happened, you can start creating something. But you cannot expect out of nowhere to go and watch a tutorial, how to upload on OpenSea, upload three things and they sell out. That's not gonna happen. It's like, think about if you have a website where you sell your product and someone goes on Google and imagine you sell t-shirts and someone goes on Google and puts t-shirts. No one is gonna find your shop. What do you do? You use Twitter, you use Instagram, you use Facebook, you use YouTube to promote 
your product. So this is the same. You must be on Twitter at least. And then if you want to be on other platforms, good for you. I, I don't have the energy, but Twitter is the key. And yeah, after that, what I the, another thing I would recommend is like, you don't have to do this alone. There's lots of people out there that would love to work together with someone else and create something. And that's what I have been doing. Like most of the people that work for me, I don't know them, you know. I met them. I met them on Twitter through <laughs> NFTs. Um, so yeah, I think that's super important. And then also, of course, being patient and loving. I think that's super important. And not being like, I mean, each person is different, right? But I just the most important thing is like be cute and be chilled, <laughs> and you know, slowly things will happen. Mm-hmm. Don't be impatient because I know FOMO is so toxic. Yeah, but sure. it takes a little while. Yeah, I mean, it all takes time. That's so so valuable and so important for people to realize is nothing's instant. Like this is this is a business like any other business. Just so happens that time feels condensed in the NFT world. I mean, I saw you you tweeted that it felt like eighty four years since Clever Girls, and it was like, yeah. yeah, that was only what August, I think, or September. September. Yeah, and yeah, so September, and we're, we're recording at the beginning of December or middle of December. Oh but it feels like an eternity since that came out. It's just, it's wild how that how things are happening. But patience is so so important. And I don't want to take too much more of your time. This is amazing. Like I feel like if you ever, I'm so sorry. Listen, I talk so much, and you are so patient, and you are so good at making questions, so I don't go crazy and. You no, know? this is perfect. This is it. I mean, this has been an amazing episode. I, I only wanted to ask one more thing when it came to hiring, because hiring is like you mentioned, you found people through through NFT Twitter and everything. But now you have, I believe, eight employees or, or eight people total. We are 10 in total. No. Oh, wow. Yeah. So yeah. how did you go about uh, sort of making that leap? Because um, I don't I don't think you've hired. You've had to hire for anything previously. No. So. This is a little bit scary, I understand, because, you know, you don't want to be putting all this effort and your soul into something and then someone that doesn't care comes to you and, you know, and fucks things up or whatever. I have been very lucky, I must admit, but the way I have done it is the developers, I know they worked in successful projects before and they were developers for people that I had nice, healthy, and cute interactions on Twitter. Um, that was the developers. Then I, I spoke to them, you know, I, I've never seen their faces or anything. It's with just voice. Um, I trusted them and they trusted me. So that is like being lucky, mm-hmm. you know, because I was like, I don't understand anything. You just take 50% and the, the other 50% for me, they could have put... 100% for themselves and then I'm like fucked but you know it was a matter of like trusting each other and then when it comes to like social media managers um, I, uh, I have a writer but the writer is my friend from real life mm-hmm. but the, the social media managers community manager I have a marketing um, consultant who is amazing and all these people I met on the NFT Twitter and they just wrote to me and said hey I love your project they were collectors and I recognized their names. So they started as mods on Discord. And then I saw how committed they were. By the way, you need to pay everybody. If you have mods and you have a sold out collection, you need to pay them. Mm-hmm. 
you must pay everyone. It's so important. <laughs> Actually, real quick, how did you determine sort of that, like how much? But you don't have to say exactly how much you're paying, but um, that is, I feel like it's such a gray area right now. I can't tell you how much. This is the thing. I like being explicit about everything. Mm -hmm. You know, we're trying our best and we're going to die anyway. So I am <laughs> paying at the moment, I'm paying one ETH a month because what we did is we asked and calculated the salaries of, you know, their, their previous jobs or whatever. And we said, what do you think is fair? Because I would never tell them, I'm paying you this if you think it's fair or not. No, I asked. And we, we decided that if it's full time, it's one ETH. Mm -hmm. If it's part time, it's 0.5. And we pay on, on, with ETH. And then another thing that I'm doing, for example, is if we sell out on the 10th of December, I'm giving five ETH to each person of the team nice. for their efforts and why not, you know? Yeah. Distribute, distribute the wealth. Like we don't need that much money per person. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, that's amazing. Like everything, everything about this project and you, it's just. I love what you're doing and I love like talking to you. I love it even more. So like, it's just, you're really doing like a wonderful job. And I, I feel like I have a million other questions I could ask you, but um, I don't want to take too much of your time because you are so busy and we've already gone over our, our hour, but um, I'm so for, sorry. I talk so much. <laughs> no, this was, this was amazing. Like I, I'm just, I'm so grateful for you taking the time and because this is, this is going to be an immensely valuable episode for everyone. Um, where should we send people then to check out the new project? So I would say the raptorcity.io, which is the website. It will have all the information um, for, you know, for all the things that we are making. We are also making an animated series. Listen, I told too much. I didn't say the important things. We are, <laughs> we are working on an animated series. We are doing the black market, which is a monthly event. And it's not just going to be physical uh, clothing. It's going to be everything. We are right now, I've worked with a musician. Uh, her name is Madame de Band, and she plays all the instruments. And she made a theme song for Clever Girls. And then I have an animator making a, like a video clip for the song. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be a, an LP, EP. Yeah, one know, of those. Like, yeah, I'm not sure yes. which one, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for for the black market, you know, it's going to be a limited amount. So I paid those people already, but if we sell a lot of that product, I'm, I pay them again, you know. Mm -hmm. It's just having fun doing all these different things and we are going to have everything on the website but there's like numerous things that we are working on because as i said before i get bored very easily so i love to innovate constantly and bring things that are fun to the community yeah it really it really shows i mean because you were you were doing so much so many even little things such like the home page being able to do the graffiti on there it's just oh, cool. little things it's so cool and it like brings people in and your Twitter space, your Twitch uh, streams, having um, is it plushy and answer as yes. as host while you're while you're illustrating a new clever girl. All of this, it's it's brilliant. Like I I truly love what you're doing, and like I really think a lot of people can learn a ton from this episode, but also just from from watching what you're doing because you are taking you're taking the right path on everything and paying paying your employees and doing the things that a lot of people are uh it's all up in the air so you don't know really what people are doing and i i appreciate you uh being yeah. open totally totally and, and i don't mind and i don't mind talking about money and talking about this, all these things you know this is all new and we are just testing and trying new things but all i know is i don't need that much money all i need is i need to pay my dad's debt, that's something for sure. 
I want to give my parents enough money so that they can both retire. And then after that, I need some coin for myself, of course. You know, I would like a house. Mm -hmm. But we don't need millions in our bank accounts because me having millions, it's me having millions. But me distributing the wealth means so many lives changed, you know, and, and that's how amazing is that? You know, yeah, <laughs> everyone's doing it. Amazing. I, yeah, I love all of this. Thank you again for taking the time. I want to thank Fat Baby for joining me on this epi episode. Episode? Episode. Um, that was a wonderful conversation. And like, I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. But to uh, check out Raptor City Rascals, head over to raptorcity.io, where you'll find everything. And when this is out, um, if it's still available for Mint, or you can get to uh, OpenSea and the Discord and everything. But I highly, highly recommend that you check it out. And especially with everything that, that Fat Baby shared, it's... I'm so excited for the future and where this project is going, let alone the excitement I already had for what I've seen so far. But again, that's raptorcity.io. As always, this episode of Starting Now is brought to you by Built. At Built, we help you get started online. Whether you want to start a blog or a business, head on over to built.co. That's B-Y-L-T.co to get started. Built, your website, built for you, simply. Finally, if you're enjoying the show, be sure to subscribe on YouTube and also you can find it wherever you get your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, etc. But YouTube is really the place that um, I, I sort of, it's most uh, dear to me. And if you go over there, subscribe, give a little thumbs up and leave a comment like that really means a lot. I really appreciate everyone who's who's done that so far. And it's just, it's just awesome. Just a little brightens my day every time. Um, and if you have any questions at all, I'm at Jeff Saris on Twitter. Shoot me a DM. I'm always, always happy to help you with anything uh, business related. And that's why we have the show to try to help as much as, as much as I can. So that'll do it for this week. Again, I'm Jeff Saris. This has been Starting Now and I'll see you next time.